Continuing our discussion of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's travels in South India. So, Mahaprabhu had dinner cooked from the Brahmin who had been unable to cook appropriately due to his absorption in Ram Lila, having heard from Mahaprabhu and for the more, moreover having been brought scriptural confirmation by Mahaprabhu for the fact that Sita could not be kidnapped by Ravan. He was uh, able to cook with a happy heart and satisfy Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who we could understand to be Krishna himself. So say Ratri Tahan Rahi Tanri Kripokori Pandadeshe Tamra Parni Gilagaurhari. So Gorhari passed that night in the house of of the Brahman and uh, showed him his Kripa. Now he gave him his mercy. And then he started towards Tamraparni River in Padmadesh. Tamraparni Snankori Tamraparni Tire Naya Tripati Deki Bulekutu Hale. So he took his bath there on the river Tamraparni and sat on the bank. And then after having bathed, he saw the deities and wandered on with great curiosity. Chiyad Dothala Tirte Deki Sri Ram Lakshman Tilakanchi Asi Koyla Shivadarshan. So he went to Chiyadatala and uh, that Tirtha he had the darshan of uh, he saw Ram Lakshman deities and uh, he went to Tilakanchi and there he had darshan of Lord Shiva. Gajendra Mokshan Tirte Deki Vishnu Murti Panagadi Tirte Asi Dekila Sitapati. He went to the Gajendra Mokshana Tirta, a place dedicated to the liberation of Gajendra by Vishnu. And he came into Panagadi, where he saw deities of Ram and Sita. Chamatu Pure Asi Deki Sri Ram Lakshman, Sri Bhakunte Asi Kaila Vishnu Darshan. Later he went to Chamatpur. He saw the deities of Ram Lakshman there. Then he went to Sri Bhakunta and saw the temple of Vishnu, a holy place called Sri Bhakunta. Malai Parvate Koila Agatsya Vandana Kanya Kumari Tahan Koila Darshan. So he went to the Malai Parvat and there he offered his prayers and obeisances to Agatsya Muni and he came to Kanya Kumari which is the southernmost tip of India. So he's gone all the way down the coast now. He's at the bottom of India. He's going to turn around and go up the other side. Amli Talai Dekki Sri Ram Gaurhari Malar Deshete Oila Chatta Bhattahari At the visiting Kanyakumari, Mahaprabhu came to Amli Tala, where he saw the deity of Sri Ramchandra. Thereafter, he went to a place known as Maladesha, where a community of Bhattaharis lived, kind of a nomadic tribe, and they, not so nomadic. So nomadic, they had their their place, I guess, of their capital. We'll hear more about them. Tamal Kartik Deki Aila Betapani Pragunath Deki Tahan. Banchila Rajani. After visiting Maladesh, Mahaprabhu went to Tamal Kartik and then to Vetapani. There he saw the deity of Ramchandra and passed the night. Kushanir Shange Rohe Krishnadasha Brahmana Patahari Sahataha Huila Darshana. Mahaprabhu was accompanied, as we know, by his servant Krishnadas and Although he was a Brahman, he met there with the Bhattaharis and Sridhana Dekhanatana 
लोभ जन महिला आज सारा भी प्रेयर बुढ़ी नाशक बॉटम आउट हियर वर्थ वीमेन द बटहरी जलूर्द ब्राह्मण कृष्णदास हुज सिंपल एंड जेंटल बाई वर्चू ऑफ देयर बैड एसोसिएशन दे पोलूड हिज इंटेलिजेंस बटहरी घरे तहार उद्देश्य प्रभु ओला सत बढ़े लोड बाय द बटहरी कृष्णदास वन टू देयर प्लेस अर्ली इन द मॉर्निंग द लोड ऑल्सो वन देयर वेरी क्विकली just to find him asiya kahena sab barto hari gane amar brahmana tumi rakha ki karane panichinda community mahaprabhu says to them why are you keeping my brahmana he's my assistant ami hasanyasi dekha tumi hasanyasi more dukha deha tuman nyaya nahi basi mahaprabhu told them i'm in the renounce order of life you are also sanyasis Yet you are purposely giving my body pain. So what I don't, I don't see any good reasoning in this. Shuni shab bata hari utte astralana, mori bari aila sobe chadi dikhe dhana. So upon hearing this from Mahaprabhu, the bata haris came running at him from all sides with weapons and tried to hurt him. Thar astra thar onge pade hatta hui the kanda kanda hui la bata hari. Balai chori bite. However, they threw their weapons at Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, like spears and things. But they turned around in the air and fell down on themselves. <laughs> and when some of them were cut to pieces, the others ran away in all directions. But the Hari Gore Mahaputila Krandan Keshe Dari Bipre Lana Kudila Gomana. Well there was much roaring and crying in the Batahari community Mahaprabhu grabbed Krishnadas by the hair and took him away Sedin chali aya payas bini dire snan kori ila adi kesha vamandire That very night Mahaprabhu his Mahaprabhu and his assistant Krishnadas arrived at Payas bini river they took the bath there and went to see the temple of Adi Keshava So here we hear about the fall of Krishnadas, Mahaprabhu's assistant. It's said somewhere, some Purana, that the devotees wear the sikha, so that Lord Vishnu can grab them by then, pull them out of the material world. So sometimes devotees wonder if it's just an allegory or it's real. <laughs> factual. <laughs> here we have a factual incident, at least in the leela of Mahaprabhu. Krishnadas was saved by his sikha. Actually, we say with the mercy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, we're not um, let his servants go. This is a uh, policy of the Lord. It's sometimes the case for less advanced devotees that they may succumb to material desires. But we should be very careful and not to condemn them uh, for such. Think ill of them, I should say. Or be unforgiving, and, and lack, lacking in generosity. We should always keep this point in mind, because if we cannot forgive others, if we cannot be generous with others, how can we pray to the Lord to forgive us, and be generous with us? Forgiveness is said to be the sign of the Brahmins. It's also said to be one of the symptoms of. The external symptoms of bhava bhakti, sometimes it's forbearance, trauma, but it's also translated as forgiveness. A more, um, I say, more positive to tolerate, forbear in difficulty and so forth. Just like the tree, Mahaprabhu was given an example of forbearance or tolerance. But in the teak of Taku Bhakti Vinod, he takes that. Tolerance of the tree, and extends it into the form into a form of of, of showing uh, kindness to others. The tree, for example, doesn't complain when people chop it down. Indeed, it gives them shade and heat to continue with their work. And in the and as it gives shade and cools one from the heat of the day in the summer, so in winter. 
it gives warmth also from the from the cold. So it is tolerant, but as I say, the, the idea of the tolerance is, I, I guess I want to say dynamic, is a dan- dynamic kind of tolerance that extends into the form of showing kindness to others. Jivadaya, Krishna Nam, Sarvadharma Sar. These things go together. Krishna Nam and Jivadaya. Jivadaya means to show kindness to other living beings. So, certainly that's there in Mahaprabhu and, and Sri Krishna. They're very kind and forgiving, especially for their devotees. It's mentioned in the 11th canto of the Bhagavatam by Krishna himself to Uru, that how sometimes uh, my devotees, they succumb to uh, a standard of life that's less than what they hold as their ideal. And in their early stages of, of bhakti, uh, they uh, may do unbecoming things. It happens sometimes. But because they're sincere, they lament for that. They, they feel some remorse. And this remorse, genuine remorse on their part, in and of itself purifies them from any reaction that might have come otherwise. There's nothing else they can do. This is one philosophical point to raise. There's nothing else they can do. If you've gone to the highest person to take shelter, and then you, you, you make some mistake in that, you can't go to someone less and to make up for it. Sometimes the example is given that if you stand on the floor, on the ground, and if you fall, you can't take help from, you have to take help from the ground itself to get up. So, that's the kind of the bottom <laughs> line. So you have to take help from Krishna, and he's helpful, he's generous, he's kind. We don't take advantage of that, and therefore the remorse on the part of the sincere devotee. Of course, if there's no remorse, then uh, offense can come to uh, hinder our practice, because if we commit some sinful activity, for example, have we have some moral lapse, which is understandable. Without realization of the universality of our deity, we're, we're subject to the p- potential of a moral lapse. Theoretical knowledge will be helpful, and that can help to fortify us in our position. Therefore, nastapraeshu abhadreshu nityam bhagavata sevaya. Bhagavata says, regular study and or regular service to the book and the person, Bhagavatam, Nastapraishu, Abhadrishu, it practically frees one from the potential for moral lapse by keeping in that stream of hearing and and serving. But one's not entirely safe until, as I say, the universality of one's deity is realized. Then you can understand the point. We commit sins in the, in the apparent absence of God or Guru, not in their presence. We don't do it in the temple. Because Krishna's there. <laughs> but when we understand the universality of our deity, then there's nowhere to turn, <laughs> nowhere to hide, and he's showing himself to us everywhere. So we see him, and we see everything in relation to him. So how can we abuse? How can we see anything as separate and exploited, and so forth? So realization, this is required. But theoretical knowledge in good association, where the theoretical knowledge is, it is seen to by the teachers that it is impl- that it's put into practice, puts us in a relatively safe position. We can't come to realization immediately. But nonetheless, if somehow or other there is a moral lapse, then there is no remorse, then we may fall into the, the plight of as it said, sinning and thinking we'll make up for it by chanting and so forth. And, and uh, this becomes then a nam aparad. So we don't want a simple and insignificant moral lapse. And to be honest with you, practically speaking, any moral lapse is insignificant. I don't mean to give you some license to think, you know, that uh, it's not important to follow the practices. It is. But comparatively speaking, 
to bhakti and the remedial measure that we have at hand, moral lapse is a small thing. Material desire is a small thing. We are struggle with it. It's a big thing. And we may appear to be very blemished in the eyes of others if we should succumb to, uh, as I say, a standard less than that which is ideal. But in the big scope, the, the big picture of things, it's very insignificant. Material desires are not a problem, but offense, that's a problem. Sin, so to speak, moral upsets like a sin of the body, and but aparad is a sin of the soul. So there we go. Uh, within the realm of consciousness, we enter and, and uh, you know, with our shoes on. It's not a good idea. So we should avoid offense. If we have a moral lapse, then certainly bhakti can uplift us from that. Bhakti is forgiving. And if we have the proper attitude, then we'll have some remorse. Remorse in itself, as I say, will rectify us. Genuine, sincere remorse will rectify us. And of course, that is the attitude of a devotee, so the tendency for moral lapse will be diminished by that. But uh, without good association, where we are kind of forced to be honest, this is kind of the value of good association. Where we're kind of we hear good good discussion. We regularly participate in discussions of harikata and the philosophy and so forth. And it, it makes it difficult to, to be hypocritical. That's what the sadhu song is about. You can sit at night when there's no leading devotee to give a class, and and each person can speak how they fell down in the day, how they fell short, how their mind wandered, or what, what it may, may be. Put it all on the table, we have nothing to hide. This is sadhusanga. How much more difficult it will be to do that tomorrow, when again you have to come into the sangha <laughs> and, 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 and bear your, your, your mind and heart before the other truthful devotees. Satam means truthful. So... This is the power of sadhusanga and good association. Then, even if by chance there's some slip, if we're in that sangha, if we have good company, if we're well connected, then naturally that remorse will come and that will purify us. If we're not well connected, the remorse may not come. The heart may harden. And we may fall into aparad even, thinking I can chant and I can make up for it, and it's not such a big thing. And so, within this, will very much impede our progress. That can be overcome as well, of course. It takes time. The holy name will recede to the background if we offend the holy name, and he he is holding back to some extent. That's why we don't have we don't have the taste that is talked about. We may not know how we've been offensive, but we've been involved for longer than we know what our entire background is be difficult for each individual to say, but we know a tree uh, by the fruits. So, if there's no ecstasy in chanting, we know there must be some offense in the background. So the name doesn't see fit to give himself entirely. So, we accept it, and we go on chanting, and and hearing, and so forth, and, and prayerfully taking shelter of Guru and Gauranga, all the devotional practices, in time that will, that, that will be resolved and some some taste will come so we want to avoid offense material desire not such a big thing Mahaprabhu made a big thing out of in one sense of Krishnadasa's fall down and this speaks to us of the limitations of the very means that he adopted to distribute his uh, mercy that being the sannyas ashram he accepted sannyas to create an environment, an atmosphere that by which people would show respect to him because sannyasis are naturally respected in the society, especially in, the, in those days. And then, because he is who he is, they would be benefited by showing such respect. But it had limitations also. Limitations of the sannyasa are the very uh, uh, codes of conduct that... Uh, are uh, you know, b- built into the ashram that don't allow, for example, one to go to certain places and be seen in certain places wherein one would be suspect and uh, then one's reputation would be damaged. So 
when they return, this will come, of course, I'm just going in and brief here, but when they return to Puri, Mahaprabhu saved Krishna Das. He brought him back, he accepted him, although he had had a moral lapse. And it could happen to anyone. Here's the example. He was Mahaprabhu's own assistant. Mahaprabhu brought him back. He was generous with him. He didn't just discard him, say, oh, you're fallen. So, no, he took him back. In fact, he took him back by the hair. He dragged him back. Risked his life, so to speak. Of course, he can't die, but neither can any of us for that matter. One one against many, the whole of Bhattaharis, and he performed a miracle by turning their spears back on them. But anyway, point is how he went out of his way here to rescue. So we should take note of this. He went out of his way. He didn't, if you may recall, want to take anybody with him going to South India because he didn't want to show favoritism. This is not characteristic of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. This is characteristic of a, of a sannyasi and a jnani. So the devotees didn't like that very much. They don't really see him in that way. You know, they know he's affectionate. They know he's biased. They know he has a prejudice. <laughs> and that bhakti is about a bias and a prejudice. So there's a positive side to a bias. One is biased towards Ram or towards Krishna or towards Narahari, as may be the case in one's bhakti. And that is beautiful and charming. So Mahaprabhu is, is very biased towards his devotees, but he wanted to show some equality in the name of being a sannyasi and so forth. But and uh, and of course, then who could he choose amongst all of them, for that matter? And that's another. And how could he show he loved them all equally? But um, while he didn't want to take anyone, there was some assistance, and Nityananda Prabhu put forward this this Brahmin Krishna So Mahaprabhu took him with some reluctance as an assistant. Now the assistant has become out of commission. His assistant left him. So obviously Mahaprabhu has some detachment. He didn't want to take an assistant to begin with. But his assistant is also his devotee. So see how he went out of his way actually to bring him back. We have to keep this in mind when later on we hear upon Mahaprabhu's arrival in Puri how he rejected Krishnadas. There in the public as a sannyasin, to make an example, he rejected Krishnadas. He said that he described his activities, I can't have a person like this around me. Otherwise, people will think, this is the idea, people will think I'm compromised. His character is bad, still I keep him around, I must be attached to him in some way, something like this. So to set that kind of example, he rejected him. Of course, what happened was immediately Nityananda Prabhu and others picked him up. Immediately. What did they do with him? Here the, the, the rejected Krishnadas, publicly rejected. Imagine his plight and how the devotees felt. Was immediately picked up by Nityananda Prabhu. And what was he given as his, as his service? To go to Bengal and tell the devotees that Mahaprabhu was returned. And you can imagine as he came into Bengal, he was a hero. <laughs> Everybody thought, oh, so you've come to tell us that Mahaprabhu was returned. <laughs> and so forth. See how Nityananda Prabhu gave him in a, such a wonderful uh, position, so kind and generous he is. Of course, he is the one through whom Mahaprabhu was able to extend his reach beyond the limitations of the codes of behavior that um, are part and parcel of the sannyas ashram. He couldn't go to certain places, and to those places he sent Nityananda Prabhu. Therefore, as it said, if you see Nityananda Prabhu in a, in a brothel with a working lady, don't think that he's there for any reason other than to liberate them. So he went to such places, to the downtrodden and so forth, for their deliverance. So, the Lord doesn't let go of his devotee. No devotion goes unnoticed. He may reserve himself sometimes for our benefit, his ways are mysterious, but we can count on him that um, he will never forget any devotion rendered. That is our eternal benefit. So, Keshuba Dekiya Preme Avishta Kohila Nati Stuti Mrityagita Bahuta Kohila. And Mahapu saw the Adikeshava temple and he was just filled with ecstasy and uh, he offered. Obeisances and prayers, chanted and danced, 
प्रेम देखे लोग महाचमत्कार सब लोग का प्रभु परम सत्कार Activities of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and they received him very well. Mahabhakta Gana Saha Tahan Goshti Kaila Brahma Samhita Jai Punti Tahan Puila. At the temple of Adikeshava, Mahaprabhu discussed spiritual matters among highly advanced devotees. While there, he found one Adhyaya, one chapter of Brahma Samhita. Punti Pana Prabhurila Anandopar Kampasusveda Stamba Pulakabikar. Mahaprabhu is greatly happy to find this book, this chapter, the fifth chapter of Brahma Samhita. And just upon finding it, he underwent all types of uh, transformations of ecstasy, trembling tears, perspiration, trance, jubilation, etc. Siddhanta Shastra Nahi Brahma. Samhitar Sam Govindu Mohima Gyanir Poramukarana Alpakshade Kohi Siddhanta Apar Sakolo Vaishnav Shastra Madhya Otiyar. So Krishnadas gives a comment here. He says, There's no scripture. Siddhanta Shastra Nahi Brahma Samhitar Sam. There is no scripture that is equal to Brahma Samhita in terms of a concise Siddhanta. Govindu Mohima. It um, it includes the glories of uh, Govinda and uh, reveals them and um, the topmost knowledge about him. And since all the conclusions of the greater body of scripture are briefly presented in Brahma Samhita, it is essential among Vaishnav literatures. Bahut Jatne se punti nila lekaiya ananto padmanabhaila harshitahana. So Mahaprabhu uh, had Brahma Samhita copied. And then with great pleasure he went to the place known as Ananta Padmanabha. So this was a great find of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu at the Adikeshava temple, this fifth chapter of Brahma Samhita. There were no publishing houses in those days and printing presses and so forth so the whole had to have chapter copied by hand and he took that chapter with him and when he returned he presented that to the devotees this is one of the two significant literary finds of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in the south one since there's three the one was the the third was the one we just heard about the the uh, pages from the Kurma Purana confirming that Sita had not been kidnapped by Ravan, but that the fire god had come and made a Maya Sita that was kidnapped by Ravan. And then when Sita was asked after the whole ordeal to enter the fire for her purity to be tested, the Maya Sita entered and the real Sita came out, of course, un, un, untinged, un, unburned, and so forth. So anyway, that that is significant in one sense, but... In terms of the teaching of Mahaprabhu, this is his Acharya Lila, Krishna's Acharya Lila, as uh, Gaurhari. Two very significant finds, one in terms of Siddhanta and one in terms of Bhava. These are the two tracks, of course, on which his his teaching runs, the feeling, Bhava, and the philosophy that gives support to it. So this is the book of Siddhanta that he found, fifth chapter of uh, Brahma Samhita. And accordingly, uh, Sri Jiva Goswami wrote an extensive commentary on that. And in more more recent times, Thakur Bhakti Vinod, following the Tika of Jiva Goswami, wrote a commentary on Brahma Samhita. That was translated into English by Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. Sometimes it's thought of as his commentary on Brahma Samhita, but it's his English translation of Bhaktivinoda's commentary. So anyway, it's, it's a significant uh, find and uh, a book that's important. Today we see how uh, so many years later when this book was written by Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami, how it was thought of in the Gaudiya circles at that time.
And he's saying it's this very nice, essential book of Tattva or uh, Gaudiya Siddhanta. And, of course, the other book that he found was the uh, Krishna Karnamrita of Bilbo Thakur. And this, is, this speaks uh, loudly of the, the bhava of the Prema of Radha. So he brought both of these books back and introduced them into his, his sampradaya, his community of devotees. Dindui Padman Abhera Koila Darshan Anande Dekite Oila Sri Janardana. Mahaprabhu remained for two or three days at Ananta Padmanabha and visited the temple there. Then in great ecstasy went to see the temple of Janardana. These are very famous Vishnu temples. Huge deities and huge temples, old stone temples, especially Padmanabha. Duddin Tahan Kuri Kitananartana Payasbini Osiya Dekke Shankara Narayana Mahaprabhu chanted and danced at Janardhan for a few days and then he went to the bank of Payasvini and visited the temple of Shankar Narayana. Shingeri Mate Oila Shankara Chadrasthane Matsyatita Dekki Koila Tunga Badraisnane. There he saw the monastery known as Shingarimat, the abode of Acharya Shankar. He visited Matsyatirtha and took bath in Tunga Badra. Madhvachadrasthane Oila Jangha Tatpavadi Udupite Krishna Deki Tahan Huila Premonumadi. Mahaprabhu next arrived at Udupi, the place of Madhvacharya, where the philosophers known as Tatpavadis resided. There he saw the deity of the Lord and became mad with ecstasy. Nataka Gopal Deke Paramamohane Madhvacharya Swapnadiya while at the Udupi Monastery, Mahaprabhu saw Nartaka Gopal, the dancing Gopal, a most beautiful deity. It was uh, a deity that appeared to Madhvacharya in a dream. Gopi Chandana Tale Achila Dingate Madhvacharya Se Krishna Poila Konmate Madhvacharya somehow or other had acquired the deity of Krishna from a, a chunk of Gopi Chandan that had been transported in a boat. Madhvacharya ani tanre koila sthapana adya badhi sebokori tatpa badhi gohana. Madhvacharya brought this dancing Gopal deity to Udupi and installed him in the temple. To date, the followers of Madhvacharya, known as tatpa bodies, worship this deity. Krishnamuti deki prabhu maha sukha poila prema beshe bahuk chana nitchukita koila. Mahaprabhu Raya, uh, he took great pleasure in seeing the beautiful form of Gopal. For a long time he danced and chanted in ecstasy. So here Mahaprabhu has entered the Madhva territory. It was mentioned in the beginning of this uh, chapter how he would meet with various Vaishnavas. So we know that he met with the Ramanuja Sampradaya and he dealt with them in different ways. Many Rambhaktas. And um, he converted... To Gaudiya Vaishnavism, he converted Ram Bhaktas to, to Krishna Bhaktas. He kept Ram Bhaktas. He honored some, the ecstasy of some Ram Bhaktas and didn't tamper with that. When he saw Lila Seva, that such absorption in, in one Brahman. But now this is another sect of Vaishnavas, the Madhvas. And, uh, their headquarters, as mentioned here, is in Adupi. It's still there today. They're a smaller sect by far, from the Ramanuja sect. And their philosophy is very different than ours. And Ramanuja Sampradaya and his Siddhantas sometimes thought to be closer, more in line, aligned with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Nonetheless, we acknowledge a, uh, a connection to the Madhva Sampradaya, a formal connection that we don't have with the Ramanuja Sampradaya. Before discussing that, however, it, uh, which will come up as we as we go on to some extent, the deity of Madhva has been mentioned here, and this is a famous deity. Mahaprabhu took great pleasure in seeing this deity. They said it was the deity of of Rukmini in in Krishna Leela in Dwarka. She had a deity of Nartakopal, <laughs> uh, apparently, and uh, somehow or other, over time, then uh, the, the seva was was lost and. And the deity was, unbeknownst apparently, 
there's some inside a big chunk of chandan. And the boatman was bringing a shipment of this chandan to the shore, and the boat got into some difficulty in the sea. And it said that Madhva came to the beach and managed to engineer the boat in. It's hard to understand, but if you think of him in light of his ontological position as understood by the Madhvas, he's an incarnation of Vayu and Bhima. Bhima is one of the Pandavas, so some kind of combined appearance of these two. So Vayu is the wind god and Bhima is pretty strong. So both of these things come to bear in this uh, connection with the finding of the deity because the way he engineered the boat in and rescued it was because he controlled the winds. He took a deep breath and the winds changed and the boat came to shore. And then he lifted the gopi chandan, or the, the chandan, heavy, big chunk, which no one could lift. And then he, I think he must have been thrown on the ground and the deity came out from inside. So maybe he was given a big chunk of chandan as a gift or something like that. He lifted it himself, which it would have taken several men to do, and then he opened it up and there was the deity. And that deity is installed there, and that's the main practice of the uh, Sampradaya far more than outreach and preaching. And as I say, therefore, it's a very small group and it's shrinking as time goes on. Very orthodox and uh, conservative. Uh, Acharyas will only bathe in, uh, in rivers and are not allowed to go across the ocean and things like that. It makes it difficult in the modern day and age to grow their mission. But uh, they're focused on the deity worship. They have deity worship from early morning till till noon every day. They have eight principal acharyas at all times. These acharyas are picked as children based on their astrological chart and trained to be acharyas if their chart is favorable for that. And then they each have their moth and then there's the and there's the the original moth of Madhva where the deity is. And so they they shift, and one year one gets it, and one year, and so every eight years, you get back there, and they basically spend their eight years waiting to get back and have the direct seva of the deity, and then whatever they've collected and so forth, they spend it on the deity. <laughs> so it's a it's a nice uh, group of Vaishnavas and Madhvas, a very powerful uh, acharya. And as I say, we uh, we have a connection with them, and we don't. We have a formal connection that uh, sometimes comes under question because of the extent to which our doctrines differ. Mahaprabhu will now discuss a little bit about that difference in doctrine and establish uh, what is the position of Gaudiya Vaishnavism in brief in relation to... Uh, Madhva's idea of Vaishnavism. We'll take that up in the next reading. Are there any questions? So that deity is Srinathji? No. Srinathji is the Gopal deity of Madhavendra Puri that came under the care of the Balabha Sampradaya. Jijiva Goswami gave the care of that. Uh, originally the deity was under the care of some Bengali Vaishnavas and the Madhvas, or excuse me, the Balabas and the uh, Gaudias were contemporaries there in uh, in Vrindavan. And somehow or other, anyway, the, the, the deity changed hands. It's become the principal deity of the Balaba sect. Another question? Yes. Why is Rukmi have a Gopali? Why not? Nartaka <laughs> Gopal. It just means Krishna dancing. Dancing Krishna. He may be in Gopavesh. I haven't had the darshan of the day. Well, I did once, actually. But they, they certainly don't worship him without any lack of opulence there in, uh, in Udupi. She wouldn't see him four arms, would she? Rukmini? She could. He showed four arms in Dwarka quite often. Mm-hmm. But also with two arms.
Yes. Well, I don't know much about it, but I was always taught that beyond Gaudiya Vaishnava, the more full description was Brahma, Madhva, Gaudiya, Vaishnava. Mm-hmm. And I always thought that was interesting because there's such a whole long mm-hmm. uh, Parampara. And out of that, just Madhva is mentioned between Brahma and Gaudiya. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's a long discussion, actually. It's, it's, a, it's an, a good point to discuss. We don't have time to take it up at any length. But um, basically speaking, Brahma's enlightened by Krishna and he's given the Gopal Mantra as mentioned in Shastra. And later on, then in his own Sampradaya, Krishna's Sampradaya through Brahma, he makes his, uh, another appearance as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And at that time he gives more light as to the nature of the revelation that uh, Brahma was shared. So we have the Sampradaya coming from Brahma and Brahma to Narada and Narada to Vyas and, and, um, and then there's this gap to Madhva and then after Madhva Chaitanya Mahaprabhu comes and the Sampradaya changes, so to speak, in its doctrine. It doesn't change because Madhva Sampradaya is still going on, independent of the Gaudiya Sampradaya. Gaudiya Sampradaya is going on, independent of the Madhva Sampradaya, but it makes a claim to having a formal connection with Madhva Sampradaya, because it does, because Mahaprabhu was initiated by Ishpapuri, and Ishpapuri's lineage can be traced to the Madhva Sampradaya, but the teaching is different, and that's all right. Because it's Krishna, it's not different, but he's giving he's giving new light and a different angle of vision on the same affair. Madhva sees, for example, Narayan is the supreme personality of God. And Mahaprabhu sees that Krishna is the supreme personality of God. Madhva's vision is all right. Everybody in Vaikuntha sees that way. They deal with topics of Radha. No, no. It's a Vaikuntha. It's a Vaidimarg Sampradaya. Ours is a Ragmarg Sampradaya. But your question, besides this, pertains to the fact that that there's the, the, the sampradaya goes from Vyas to Madhva, as it's listed, right? And there's a long time between, at least theoretically, Vyas is writing the Bhagavatam and Madhva's appearance in the world. The legend has it that Vyas wrote or compiled it, the. Uh, Mahabharata and so forth thousands and thousands of years ago. Madhva maybe appeared about maybe a thousand years ago. So there's a huge gap, right? Who wears the, where's all the connecting links in the Sampradaya? Well, the interesting thing is, uh, in this connection, is that Madhva was actually initiated in a Dvaita Sampradaya. But he taught Dvaita which is, in one sense, the opposite of Advaita, a Vaishnava Siddhanta. So although he came in a particular line, he showed a different philosophy. It said if you're not initiated into a Sampradaya, then the mantras you receive will bear no fruits. But there's no stricture against having been initiated in a particular Sampradaya, coming out with a teaching that's different than the Sampradaya, as long as that teaching can be shown to be supportable by the sutras, by scripture, and so forth. This is what Madhva did. And then it said that he went to Bhadrakashram in the Himalayas and he met with Vyas. And they brought his tika on Mahabharat uh, and uh, sutras and whatnot to Vyas and had them confirmed. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. And then he returned. So there's a con- direct, supposed to be a direct connection between Madhva and Vyas. Did they say that or we say that? Madhva says that, sure. Madhva, that's from Madhva. So we say it too. But the Madhvacharya, his initiating guru was uh, Chutta Preksha. He was, a, was an Andwaitan. They substantiate the story that he went to Bhadrikash. No. Well, the story can't be substantiated. This is an article of faith, obviously. Right. He went to... Uh, went there, and who can, you know... So one that we happen to agree with, though. Well, uh, yeah, and it's useful for our purposes also in terms of establishing credibility in the eyes of such people. 
we're our own sampradaya. Because the lineage of Madhva, which is some people in Madhva lineage, they oppose the Gaudiya lineage. And um, but nonetheless, their whole lineage is based on this article of faith that Madhva had a connection with Vyas. So they sometimes such people they question the validity of our sampradaya and lineage, the measure of its connection to Madhva, and if it is connected, why the teachings are different and so forth. But obviously, there's a, there's a parallel. Madhva is connected his way to his teaching is different. The veracity of his his lineage, or the, 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 uh, the he has no lineage unless it's an Advaita lineage. So the, he's got a lineage to Vyasa, but that's an article of faith. So if we're kind enough, generous enough, no problem to give that, then they should be generous enough with us as well. To appreciate that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has some formal connection with Advaita, with Madhva through Ishwar Puri, Madhavendra Puri, and so forth but nonetheless taught something that's ostensibly uh, different, but not different in terms of being something other than Vaishnavism. So it's Vaishnavism. And within Vaishnavism, then there, there, we accept the subjective reality, that the ultimate reality is subjective, in other words, Krishna reveals himself to his devotees as he sees fit. And so there are different angles of vision. Krishna is like a valuable jewel with many facets. So if you look through the eye of Vashishta Dvaita, you're going to see one thing. If you look through Dvaita, you'll see another. Through Dvaita Dvaita, another. Shuddha Dvaita, another. Achidya Veda Veda, another. These are all the five different schools of Vaishnavism. If we include Mahabharata as a fifth, as we should in terms of doctrine, we don't consider his as a fifth Sampradaya, in terms of a formal lineage, because we, because we want to say that he's connected to one of the four sampradayas mentioned in the Vishnu Purana, where it says there are four Vaishnav sampradayas, and if you receive a mantra that's not from the sampradaya, it won't bear any fruit. So, for the purpose of being in line with that verse, which can't be found in any of the manuscripts today, but was apparently out and about at the, at the time, then devotees have sometimes labored hard to show that there's a formal connection between Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and the Madhva Sampradaya. The Goswamis themselves, the Shastra Gurus of our Sampradaya, they didn't really see the necessity for that. So you won't find in any of the writings of the Goswamis any effort to connect Chaitanya Mahaprabhu with Madhva. Indeed, in Jiva Goswami's Tattva Sandarbha, he, he in his Sarvasambhadani, which is his own commentary on, on Tattvasandarva, he says that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is the deity of his own Sampradaya, the founder of his own Sampradaya. He's the Sampradaya Acharya. <laughs> uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And, um, and then he goes on to revere Madhva and others as Buddha Vaishnava, senior elder Vaishnavas and so forth, whose teachings we take from as much as they're useful for our our teaching, but Mahaprabhu Sri Chaitanya Dev had a different angle of vision, so a different metaphysic to explain the nature of being and, and, and reality. And a, a nuanced uh, or a different uh, theology. So we find at the time of Baladev and uh, Kavi Karnapur and so forth, in their texts they've labored to show Mahaprabhu was connected to, to Madhvacharya, but in the Goswami's books we don't find. So it may not have been as much of a of a concern at the time that if you're not a member of one of these four Vaishnav Sampradayas, you're not connected properly. Your mantra won't, won't bear any fruit. This is the, the verse. So the verse may have been more prominent and rounded about at the time and of more concern for people like Baladev, Vidyabhushan, who was endeavoring to establish the validity of the Sampradaya at a time when it was being challenged. Kavi Karnapur also mentions in, in later books also. There's quite a bit. Bhakti Vinodaka was strong on the point that the Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was connected formally to the Madhva Sampradaya. And this is the reason that anyone will emphasize this. As much as someone feels that's important, that you have to be connected to one of these four Vaishnava Sampradayas in order to have standing, validity, credibility, then they've labored to show that. 
At the same time, there's considerable objective evidence to support the idea that Ishwar Puri, Madhavendra Puri, they were in the Madhavasampadaya. That's contested. Their names are Puri, not Tirtha, and all the sannyasis coming out of Madhava lineage are Tirthas, and there are other academic kind of arguments and so forth, but they, when they looked at it carefully, they don't hold a lot of weights, and at least they can be argued against equally, if not better, then on top of that, of course, either the statements of the Vaishnavas and, and, and the actual devotees of Mahaprabhu. So we'll give, we'll give uh, credence uh, to that, we give more, more weight to that. But we're not really dependent upon it, ultimately. After all, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was Krishna himself, so he's the founder of the Madhva Sampradaya, the Brahma Sampradaya. That Madhva's coming in the lineage of, he's coming again. And sometimes, therefore, it's emphasized amongst Gaudiyas that this, we're not connected to the Madhvas, we're not connected to the Madhvas. We have our own Sampradaya. Mahaprabhu is Krishna himself. We don't need to be. So the, the arguments can go either way with equal, uh, equal force. But in our particular lineage of Bhaktivinoda Thakur, Bhaktivinoda Parivar, and he, and Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasati Thakur, Agurumarsha, so they, they did emphasize the connection with Madhva Sampradaya formally. But as we'll see in continued discussion here as we go on, there's a considerable difference in doctrine. But then again, difference that does not take us outside of the scope of Vaishnavism, in which there is scope for different angles of vision something the Madhvas need to hear more because they don't, don't not as accommodating, I must say. Actually, Gaudiya Vaishnavism is, as harshly as it may be presented by some people sometimes, is actually very, very accommodating doctrine. We see Mahaprabhu was going to Shiva temples, the Ramanujas, the Madhvas, they won't go to the Shiva temples. We've discussed that as one example. And, uh, and as much as Krishnadas argues well, in the second chapter of Adi Lila, Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, source of Narayan, giving scriptural evidence and logic and so forth. At the end he says, but anyway, if you want to call Chaitanya, and that Mahaprabhu is that same Krishna, he says, but if you want to see Mahaprabhu as an incarnation of Mahavishnu, there's no harm. It's not very flattering, but if, that's, if you want to see him like that, that's, that's another angle of vision. Some people hold it, will hold that. <laughs> so we're very accommodating, actually. It's easy when you're at the top. Shri Krishna Bhagavan Ki Jai Shri Chaitanya Tritamrita Ki Jai Govipramande Haribo